Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Today, we have the combined as our special guest, the multi-talented pair that has founded success in not only the music industry, but the entrepreneurial world as well. Welcome, Triumph and EQ. Yeah, no problem. How are you doing? I'm excellent. You know what? I've given our audience such a brief bio about you guys. Why don't you share with what you want us to know about you and your business? Yeah, so um, I'll start with our name. So we're the Combine. I know it reads as the Combine, but we're the Combine. That's kind of how it's pronounced. And then as well, I'm Triune, and that's uh, EQ. Um, together, we form a pair called the Combine. EQ is a, is a singer, and I'm an MC, and that's kind of what makes our group and our dynamic a little bit different than what you typically see out there. Um, kind of our entrepreneurial path is started early. Um, EQ with um, doing management and bookings for a bunch of different artists that I'm sure you know of um, around the world, and myself with um with my marketing agency called uno marketing and so it's kind of where we got our start and today um we both recently opened a coffee shop in las vegas called the culture coffee company that eq is the ceo and um i guess you could say even president because he runs the entire thing and i'm an investor in um and then i also have another business um called kicks and cuts which is a barbershop slash shoe store in Fontana, California. So that's pretty much what we're doing now. EQ is still doing the booking stuff and the management stuff um, with a bunch of just legendary artists that I'm sure he'll explain. And on my end, I'm still running Uno Marketing. I'm the CEO and president of that. So that's kind of my day to day. And that's, you know, what we're currently doing. And you know what is pretty amazing? And I don't know if you know, but I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. So um when I was reading your bio, I was very impressed to see the Las Vegas nice. connection. And talk about the cultural coffee company. What's different about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as like what's what's different about the cultures that um, I believe that we're a brand that showcases that we're all inclusive, um, that we love people and support people from all different cultures and backgrounds. Uh, we spend... Uh, time making sure certain proceeds that we have go to charitable organizations um our flagship stores here in the city of las vegas so there's a lot of issues with homelessness um you know domestic uh, domestic violence uh, you know different things that we can do to bring positive energy and awareness to in the community so um the culture is something different because we are grassroots we are from the ground up and um you know, it's not, we are not one of these big guys who treats our customers as a number. We look at all of our customers as a part of the culture. And when you talk about you guys coming together, when I think of, um, when I think of rappers, I think about um, actually them being entrepreneurs. Um, and talk about you guys really going into the entrepreneurial space with kicks and cuts and then just coming together with that dual state. How do you manage both? Um, 
really just having a philosophy of not saying no and really managing your time, you know, um, time management is key in being able to accomplish anything and also having a, you know, having a plan, having a focus and, and a pathway to execution. Um, and then not saying no to much. Um, if I feel like it's worth my time, I'm going to take the meeting. If I feel like, um, it's information that um, that I need. I'm going to read that book or I'm going to listen to that audio book or I'm going to, you know, watch the webinar or I'm going to make time for things. Um, I think a lot of people um, make excuses rather than making time. And that's just something that we just don't subscribe to. We make time for the things that are important. Talk about your special drinks that you have at the culture. Q, you on? I'm sorry, I said that one more time. You guys cut out for a second. That's okay. Talk about the, you, you guys make some very unique um, handcrafted coffee drinks. Talk about that. Can you guys? Can you guys hear me? Did you hear Sorry, me? Sorry, I don't know what's. Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on? Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, I okay. Can hear you. Uh, you, yeah, you. I would hear you for a second, then it would drop. Sorry about that. It might be my my connection here, but. No, 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 no. This is no. We're gonna just blame it on technology. You <laughs> make some very fine, unique um, drinks. You have some yes. hot house sodas and some handcrafted coffee drinks. Share with our audience yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's all about trying to set us apart. Um, you know, it goes down to uh, even just our house coffee blend. Um, you know, anybody who's in the culture of, of coffee, because there is a coffee culture, uh, pun intended. Um, but anybody who's in that world, you know, there's certain staples uh, in certain places where coffee beans come from that are like more popular, uh, more popular to drink. You know, obviously, Colombian coffee is very popular. Um, you know, Guatemalan coffee is very popular. Uh, Cuban coffee. There's I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of coffee, but I wanted our specific house blend to be special and something that you couldn't get anywhere else. So you can walk into a Starbucks and order pretty much any combination of, you know, or, you know, coffee origin, um, same with like a lot of the other brands of coffee. But for us, our house blend is special because our tri blend is not something that's available anywhere else on the market. So, uh, our tri blend of coffee, which is our culture coffee house blend is one part Rwandan coffee from Africa, uh, one part El Salvadoran coffee and one part Peruvian coffee. And it makes for a delicious and unique and, um, very solid um tasting coffee and um you know we've gotten great reviews about it and you know it's uh it's been encouraging to try to play around with some other stuff and add some more creative stuff to our you we know that um las vegas is is definitely the adult playground and so if someone is interested in um checking out the culture coffee company where are you located yeah we're located right on the corner of sahara and rainbow um anybody who's familiar with vegas uh knows sahara uh sahara is a legendary street in vegas um and we're actually only about two miles or so off the strip so 
uh, not very far. Um, like I said, it's a great location. Um, you see the Vegas skyline from where we are, and um, you can come and check us out. We got a walk-up window and a drive-through. I specifically wanted to make this business pandemic-proof, so you know, COVID or not, you can come get your coffee 365 days a year. And let's move over to kicks and cuts. If someone's in the Southern California area and talk about the business and how they can do business with yeah, you. Yeah, so we're located in Fontana, California, um, off of Cherry and Baseline. Um, we are about 45 to 50 minutes um, east of Los Angeles, of downtown LA. So to kind of give people a reference point. And um, yeah, we're a barbershop. So, you know, it doesn't take much to do business with us. You just come in and you know, select what chair you want to sit in. If there's an availability or ask the barbers in there when they have availability, set yourself an appointment or wait for the next, you know, the next open chair and um, yeah. And enjoy yourself. You know, we have a whole wall of shoes that um, on the other side of the shop, they're all for sale. We have resale shoes in there um, because a lot of the founders or a few of the partners, should I say, including myself are sneakerheads. So and we're, we've always been a part of that culture. So when we feel like the, you know, the guy that wants to have his, you know, his, his lineup fresh also probably wants to have a fresh pair of kicks. So um, you can enjoy yourself by going and browsing the shoes. We also have like seven TVs in there, which we always have, you know, whatever the game is that's on that night. Or, um, you know, we, we even open after hours sometimes to, show pay-per-view boxing matches, whatever it may be, but there's always something on the TVs and we have um, a PlayStation there where kids and even adults, if they want to, can play. So yeah, it's a cool location. Aesthetics are really nice. And um, we're having our two-year anniversary on the 29th of this year. So really excited and, and proud of us. This is um, actually, we are moving into Thanksgiving is next week. And so I love to have an attitude of gratitude. So I want you both to fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. Whoa. Thank you, pandemic, because. Is this real life? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, um, yeah, I mean, I would say thank you, pandemic, because. Without the pandemic, the Culture Coffee Company might never have been in existence. Um, you know, I, obviously, I, I've i always been trying to myself. We've had a lot of entrepreneurial moves and conversations and things that we love to be involved in. Um, for me, it was always the music business. It was easy for me because my mom was a four-time Grammy winner, and I was just around the music business all the time. And so to slide in and, you know, just be that guy, you know, as a manager and as an agent and young blood in the business and stuff it, it worked well for me but it was because of the pandemic and because of the entertainment business shutting down um that i was you know that i was put under some pressure to figure out something different um i remember talking to Triune one day and just telling him like i never want to feel like this again where like anything can anything natural disaster pandemic whatever it is that something else uh, could possibly, you know, um, change my my situation that that heavily. So, you know, with all of the entertainment business shutting down because of the pandemic, it was because of that 
that I forced myself to be in a space to try to do something different and, and you know, expand my portfolio. And that's Yeah, you kind of EQ. Yeah, you kind of drifted off a little yep. bit towards the end. I'm still yeah, no, so yeah, so, I mean, you know, yeah, just I think the pandemic for the opportunity to create the Culture Coffee Company because without it, um, I may not have been looking for, you know, expanding into that industry. And so, EQ, you fill in um, the blanks. Thank you, pandemic, because. You there, Q? My bad. You cut. Yeah, now yeah. No, bad. thank you, pandemic, because the technology we we've, we've been. <laughs> We've been trying to get it, uh, get it together here. But yeah, thank you, pandemic, because without it, I may not have created the culture. Okay, absolutely. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. Um, I would say I really admire Nike. The way that they dominate the sports market in America. I feel like they're one of the most innovative companies on the planet. Um, I feel as if they always have their thumb and their pulse on what's going on in the respective cultures that they create products for. And um, I feel like they're cutting edge across the board um, from marketing to operations to R&D to new products to everything that they do. Um, I really respect them as a company. I didn't know if Q wanted to answer that, but I'm going to move on. You know, we talk about um, businesses and raising capital. How did you raise the capital to start both of your businesses? Uh, we raised it ourselves. Um, you know, I'm. don't get me wrong. I'm not against um, raising money. Um, I've helped a few companies raise money. Um, one of those companies is called The Books. They're a subscription flower delivery service that just crossed a $100 million revenue mark. Um, and I helped them get their first million dollars of revenue and I helped them also get their uh, their AC round of funding. So I'm not against it. But with the companies that we're building, um, we're trying to infuse it with the cash ourselves as much as possible before we have to um, bring in investors. And when we do bring in investors, they're going to they're gonna be strategic investors that um, have more than money to just bring to the table. I think it's pretty easy to find money. But I think it's really hard to find good pieces that can contribute to the business in a way to make it grow um, that justifies their stake in the company above and beyond whatever dollar amount they put in. Yep. No, I mean, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we want to have we want to have people in these companies that are vested. Um, and when I say vested, I don't mean financially. 
um, you know, we want people who see the vision, who believe in what we're doing. And, um, you know, again, as Trying said, it's, it's not as hard as people may think to, you know, find people who may invest in a, in a brand as long as it's, you know, as long as it's feasible and it's creative. Um, but for us, we just wanted to make sure that the people who had that kind of stake um, involved in these brands were people who cared beyond their financial return. And I think we've done a good job of that. Um, trying to make sure that the team is solid because, um, you know, trying you can, I, and, and I can both attest to when the team isn't right, uh, just one weak link in the chain can, can cause issues. Yep. And, uh, so we've been very meticulous as to who we involve in these businesses and why. Um, and what was that aha moment that you knew your business was going to be successful? Tell us that story around that aha moment. Yeah, for um, for for myself on the um, really on the Uno marketing side, um, that was when I first had my first aha moment. And that was when I went independent um, and and started to see some success. You know, prior to running my marketing agency, I held some pretty high level jobs in women's apparel. And um, after leaving full time and, you know, really just putting it all on the line and believing in myself a thousand percent, um, I had an aha moment where. I started to see my, you know, my my revenues and income um, exceed what I was doing prior to working for others, and that was kind of like the aha moment that hey, I'm you know I'm heading in the right direction and I'm starting to build something that's cool here and something that's sustainable, and the pandemic only reinforced that because um, I my my agency primarily deals with digital. Um, advertisement. We don't do too much traditional, too many traditional buys. So um, obviously, with the pandemic, with retail closing, a lot of um, a lot of brands and companies were reverting their marketing costs to digital. And what the pandemic did to my industry is the opposite of what it did to most people's industry. It actually um, had spun my industry up in revenues and in a way that. It's kind of meteoric. So, um, yeah, it, it was a good choice way before I knew that there was going to be a pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. As, as far as the um, the culture, I mean, I, my aha moment kind of came when the idea hit. Because, yeah. um, you know, the idea hit and it was like, wait a minute. It's like like you know like try was just saying there are certain businesses that actually saw a meteoric rise in sales or in revenue during the pandemic and coffee was one of them um it is you know i've said it a million times and me and try say it all the time but it's you know caffeine is the most sold and consumed drug every single year and it's not close and the coffee business has continued to rise through the pandemic, obviously with the advent of things like, you know, DoorDash and, um, 
you know, uh, Uber Eats and things like that. It's made it easy to get coffee. Obviously, they, you know, the pickup orders and all of these different advents that came as a result of people trying to navigate the pandemic actually put coffee into an even different stratosphere. So, um, you know, once I, you know, thought about, you know, what's available, you know, for coffee here in my city and being here in Las Vegas and having faith in myself and what we could do to create a product. It, my, my aha moment kind of happened simultaneously when the idea was cultivated from the start. Cause I just knew that, um, you know, if this is done correctly, which I have the faith in myself and try and my team to do it correctly. Um, you know, I just believed from the beginning that this was going to be something that was really, So try and E and Q talk to a younger you. What advice would you give to a younger you? Um, my advice to my a younger me would be to build value as a man and never mind the other things in life. Stop chasing, um, or chase the things that you want in life, but in a more constructive and more intelligent way. Mm. Um, stay away from, you know, the 18 year old, the 24 year old self, I would tell him to stay away from women, stay away from relationships, stay <laughs> away from the nightclubs, stay away from any extracurriculars, stay in the gym, keep your head in books, um, build your career. Um, build your mind and create value as a man. And then all of the things that your peers were chasing in their 20s will come to you once you've built value as a man. That's what I would tell my younger self. Thousand percent agree. Thousand percent. Yeah, try that's some that's some real talk there. Yeah. Um, what problem exists in the world today that you'd like to solve? <laughs> um, wow. My pro- man, my problem with the world is social media. Um, I would love to solve the problem <laughs> of um, people's seriousness or use of social media. Um, I think that the platforms are very necessary, and I think that the platforms are really essential. But I think that as human beings tend to do with everything that's new, um, we're overusing it and we're using it for reasons that are detrimental to our mental health, detrimental to even sometimes our physical health, detrimental to our perception as to how the world really operates, detrimental to what we expect of others. Um, I feel like there is a lot of detriment that happens with social media interaction and I'm not sure how that's going to be solved, but I would love to uh, to see it happen one day where people actually have ration with their behavior when it comes to social media. Yeah, that's um, that's some real talk. Um, but yeah, man, I, I would say for myself, um, which it kind of does relate to what Tryon just said, but for me is I would like to see uh, respect and accountability make a comeback. Um, I feel like respect and accountability are pillars of being a good human. And I feel like there's a lot of loss of respect, 
Um, I think social media definitely has something to do with that. Um, but I think that respect and then obviously coupled with accountability, um, it's just a rare thing now. And, you know, it's always, um, it's always enlightening to me and, you know, brings a smile to my face when I can meet someone nowadays who has respect and accountability and is just a genuine person because they're, they're a rare breed now. And, um, you know, I think that most things in life are cyclical, uh, and I'm hoping that those two things are a part of that because, you know, the, a lot of respect, um, you know, and accountability goes a long way in trying to make sure that, you know, we as human beings can all coexist in a peaceful way. And, um, the lack of those two things, you know, creates so much tension and disturbance. Um, I would just like to see our generation, as in like me and Tri's generation of like fathers and parents and, um, you know, black men, especially, you know, continue to teach their kids values of respect and accountability because we need that. And right now in this, in this world, there's far too little Talk about money, manhood, and managing a business. In what what from what perspective? From your perspective. Um, money is a tool, and that's it. Um, money doesn't make a person valuable. It just makes it just makes their resources. Um, to a certain degree, more valuable. It's just a tool. Um, what were the other things? Management of business. What was the other things? Manhood and managing a business. Oh, oh! I thought you said money, manhood, and managing a business. So the other two were manhood and managing a business. Um, manhood is about extreme Correct. accountability. It's about honor. It's about integrity, and it's about respect. So and because, and this is just my personal beliefs. I feel like men have to deal with accountability in a different way than women do. So, and it's way more harsh on this side of the fence. So you have to really be accountable for your actions and accountable for your team's actions. Um, and then as far as managing a business, I feel like I manage my business the same way I manage my manhood with the same level of accountability. I hold my partners to that same level of accountability. Um, and I'm the first, I think we had said this on a different platform, but I'll kind of reiterate it. A lot about managing a business is just understanding that it's going to be, you're going to be underpaid, you're going to be overworked, and you come last. And those are, that's, that's the risk that you take being an entrepreneur. Um, you have to understand that you're going to work extremely hard, a lot harder than your friends with nine to fives. You are going to be underpaid because you're building value. You're building a brand, which means that there will be an exit strategy where you will get paid. But up front, don't count on that every that every two week or twice a month paycheck. It's not coming. And you come last because you're the last person to get paid. Every employee, every bill, the landlord, rent, all everything has to be paid before you're able to take a dime from the business if you're managing things right. So that's that's my perspective of those three. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with a lot of what Tri said. 
Um, money is a tool. Um, it doesn't make anyone special or more valuable. It just means that people are willing to put up with you more because you have money. Um, I grew up around a lot of people that were very affluent and, you know, rich and had generational wealth and that didn't make any of them better people. As a matter of fact, uh, most <laughs> yeah, of them, it made, it made most of them worse people. Yep. And so, um, you know, people who do things with money and don't earn it themselves and, you know, do shady things in order to get it. Um, I don't have any respect for that. Um, you know, so I, I agree with, you know, the aspect that money is, is simply a tool. Um, as far as manhood, uh, again, I co-signed everything that Tri said. Um, you know, this is a, uh, this is a world again that we live in with no respect and no accountability. And being a man is being able to take your lump and being able to take your lumps and move forward. Um, you know, being able to accept responsibility for your actions. Um, being a man also means taking things on your shoulders that sometimes don't belong to you or aren't your fault. Um, and so, you know, that's what to me, uh, being a man is and try and, and my ideas of that are very aligned and the realest cats that we know, the realest dudes that we know, the most solid, you know, people that we know, especially men are, are all in that same train of thought. Um, you know, we need more real men in this world. Um, you know, and it's funny, there's a running joke among a lot of, you know, women and, you know, stuff like that about how, you know, uh, you know, they call us boys now or just everything, you know, everybody who's, who's a man is now is boys now. And it's like, no, like there's definitely still real men out there. There's definitely still real ones out there, but they are few and far between. And that's because of the world that we live in. Um, which is unfortunate, but we are like unicorns, you know, ladies there, there, there are, there are good solid men out there. Unfortunately for all of you, me and Tryun are already spoken for. So, you know, there, there, there's, there's that. Um, but in regards <laughs> to, uh, managing a business, I mean, uh, I look at it as an aspect of a team, um, in a literal sense, my, grandfather is one of the winningest coaches in the history of ncaa football i grew up around team sports i played team sports since i can remember since i was probably three years old um and being a part of a team taught me so much and i've gotten a chance to be in multiple facets of that i've been uh, a player on a team i've been you know a captain who's somebody who is a player but has more responsibility um, you know, I've been now a coach and I feel like, you know, you need to be able to galvanize the troops and you need to be able to get people on board with your vision, even when they don't see it or they don't agree. And that's what separates the real leaders from, you know, those who just want to be in charge. Um, you know, so, uh, like I said, it's just, um, it's being a part of a team. And it's like a clock, you know, all of the cogs have to be working together. If one cog in, in the clock is not working, then it messes the entire clock up. And that's how I look at it with my team and within my business. I want you to, to have a monologue and I want you to name this person living or not. 
and this person has inspired your life so much. Name the person and what are you saying to that person? Um, that person for me would probably be Malcolm X. And um, I would just thank him for for in his life, like obviously I'd never met him. We went alive in the same time period, but um, I would just thank him for showing that number one change is possible within yourself. Um, the way that he turned himself around from what he was in his early life to what he was um, up until he died um, was just a phenomenal transformation. And I want to thank him for showing me what, um, what having courage of your convictions are. Um, no matter what his message was that he was given once he reached a certain level of enlightenment, he stood on it and he believed it wholeheartedly and his beliefs got him killed. So, um, having that level of courage of my convictions is something that I strive for. And to think that he was murdered at 39 years old and I'm 39 today. So, um, I just salute him on his path and for him inspiring me on, on a personal level. No, it's not my birthday Happy today. Birthday, I'm just saying guys. I am 30. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. It's coming up. It's oh, coming up. He's on. Well, okay. Well, happy 39th Thank year. you. <laughs> Q, you want to jump in there? Yeah, uh, I would say for me, it's definitely my grandfather who I just mentioned. Um, he was just a leader of men like I had never seen. Um, he, um, he wrote multiple books just about like, you know, um, your outlook in life, um, and how you can make it big anywhere. Uh, his first book was his most popular. It's called make the big time where you are. You can get that at any, any book outlets or whatever. Try. I don't know if you've read it, bro, but it's a great read. Um, and, uh, it just talks about certain, um, you know, things in life, as far as leadership, as far as building relationships, mentality, he just knew how to do that better than anyone I've ever known. And again, he was just a leader of men. Um, and, uh, he is, he's not with us anymore. Um, I think it's been six years now since he's passed away, but the, not a day goes by that I don't miss him, um, that I don't hear his voice and, you know, the lessons that he gave me and the gems he dropped on me while he was here will never be forgotten. And, um, you know, again, it was just, everything with him was just, you know, how is, how is, how are you going to be remembered? Like, what is your legacy and what will other people have to say about you when you leave here? And how did you go about things while you were here? And, you know, it just puts a lot of things in perspective. So shout out my grandpa Frosty. Uh, miss him every day but yeah definitely he was the biggest male role model in my life for sure speaking of legacy when it's all said and done how do you want to be remembered um wow um i want to be remembered as somebody who didn't take the easy way out um I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I've been asked or people have approached me about the fact that my mom is Denise Williams and why aren't I this, you know, Justin Bieber megastar and 
and all this different type of stuff. And for me, um, you know, my mom came from Gary, Indiana, was very poor, um, you know, didn't grow up with money. Uh, in her early 20s, ended up getting a shot to sing background with Stevie Wonder. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, you know, she went on to win four Grammys and nominated for an Oscar and all this different stuff. But I, I just wanted to be someone who built it on my own. And I'm proud of that. You know, the things that me and Tri have done with the Combine, the things that I've done uh, as a solo artist, uh, this record that I have called Craving for More is four million streams and counting. Um, you know, I just, I feel proud of the fact that I know I built this, you know, obviously everyone has help. So I don't want to negate, you know, anyone who's been there for me and did solid for, you know, solids for me along the way. And, and that includes my mom, but um, you know, I feel like when it's all said and done, um, people can't say that I, I did it the easy way that I sold out, that I took handouts. Um, you know, I stand on my own 10 toes and, and me and Tri built this thing together. Um, and I'm happy with that. I'm proud of that. Yeah, for myself, um, I just want to be remembered as a person that always had vision beyond himself. Um, one of my purposes in life is to create opportunities for others and to serve others. Um, I'm a huge believer in team. I'm a huge believer in the congregation over the individual. And I work well in team settings um, because I feel like that's how great things are achieved. So I want to be remembered as the guy that always had vision beyond myself. And the guy that was always willing to give um, even the shirt off of his back for the people that he cared for and loved, and even for people that he didn't know. I want to give a shout out to Charlie and Mel for staying in there with us um, to hear about the combine and and just want to say if they have something to, if they have a question, I um, would be remiss if they, we want to let them definitely chime in. If they do have a question, don't feel pressured if you don't, but just wanted to shout out and say, thank you for joining us for our first ever. Um, we do have Charlie. He wants to ask a question. All right. Hey, Hey, this was an awesome, awesome conversation try and eq really appreciate it um a question i have for you too is 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 uh you know we learned a lot about your past and what you guys are up to now um what comes what comes next for you guys what are you most excited about and what are some ventures that um you find find interesting and that you might want to tackle um tackle next wow man um that's a great question. And Charlie, I appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot on the horizon. Um, I mean, uh, right now, Try and I, our focuses, um, you know, as far as like handling business have been on the various shops and, um, you know, on what we're doing musically. Um, and with that being said, uh, we do have our full length combine album that's dropping in January, uh, of 2022. So, That'll be really exciting. Uh, we're dropping uh, another music video um, next month in December, as well as another music video in the month of January. Um, we're going to keep putting out content. 
Um, we're going to be doing live shows, uh, interviews with some big platforms, a lot of stuff going on with the combine. Um, I know also just speaking for the two of us, um, you know, the businesses are only going to grow. Um, you know, my goal is to open two more culture coffee companies in the city of Las Vegas next year. Um, and I think that that's an attainable goal. Um, you know, so we have a, there's a lot of things going on on top, on top of all that. Um, we also have solo albums that we're working on. Um, Triune is, uh, nearly completed with his, he's got a, I've heard a couple joints off it and it sounds amazing, uh, called the green tape. And then I actually have my R and B pop album I'm doing called the life and death of romance. And, um, that's pretty much completed as well. So a lot of things going on, man, business, um, leveling up, upgrading, um, you know, seeing a lot more fluidity with the music and stuff. So, you know, that's what me and Try are really all about. The combine is, is about business. It's about building. It's about being consistent. And, you know, business and music are are basically our two biggest passions, um, you know, and it's exciting to see how how these things are going to happen. Yeah, for myself, Thank you for um, that. I would say there's a lot going on next year. Like, a, like next year is probably going to be one of the most busy years of my life. Um, I would say 40. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually turned 40 in like four days. So, um, that, oh, wow. yeah, so that, um, you know, that, I guess that's a part of, the, you know, next year or whatever, but yeah, turning 40, um, I'm getting married next year. So that's going to be a, a thing. Um, thank you. Congrats. Um, and then, you know, but before getting married, even, cause that's not till June, me and EQ have this album that we worked a really long time on um, trying to get out to the world in a way that we wanted to get out to the world. And that's coming in January. So that's going to be most, you know, most immediate. Um, of course, expanding culture next year. That's definitely something that that's top of, you know, top of mind and top of the task list. Um, and then this and then this year I invested in a couple of app companies that I won't name names yet. Um but I'm really looking forward to expanding one app that they currently have and then um, launching another one. And then 2022, I said, was going to be my foray into real estate. And so I'm really planning on buying up. Um, the goal is to buy three to five different um, long-term rentals and to buy them in um, the, the southern region of the, of the country. So um, I'm going to start with that um, in February. I have an agent that I already have for, for what I'm planning on doing, and that's going to be the goal in 2022. So a lot of stuff to accomplish, but I think it's all feasible. And um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the challenge. That's for sure. Awesome. There's a lot of a lot of exciting stuff in there, and I'm sure you guys will be busy. But um, it's really cool to to see all that you guys got going on. Um, so appreciate appreciate all the wisdom that was shared in this in this conversation. Thanks, guys. Yeah, any love. Time. Yeah. Thanks. Talk about mental health and self care. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I'm very very protective over my me time. Well, no matter what that is, if it's time with my kids, time with my lady, or just time by myself. I am notoriously the guy that 
if I'm in my me time, I'm not answering my phone. I need that me time. It's what keeps me sane. Um, and it's what it's what it helps my mental health stay healthy. Um, if I'm constantly plugged into any and everybody or social media or this or the TV or if I don't have time for quiet and solace, I'll go crazy. And I know that. So I take time away um, and I travel quite a bit as well. So I try, you know, take about two two solid vacations a year and then me and my lady do our staycations probably another four to five times a year. We just make sure that we have those reset points. Um, it's just super necessary. Um, what was the second part of the question? You said mental health and what else? Mental health and self-care. Yeah, the, all that speaks to self-care. Like, um, I can't say that I'm an avid, you know, meditation person. <clears throat> I have times where I meditate a lot and times where I don't at all. Same with reading. Um, I have... I'm a streaky reader. So, you know, I may have three months that go by and I knock out eight, nine books in that three month period of time. And then I may go six months without six months without reading a book at all or not even picking one up. Um, but all of that speaks to self-care, just being able to unplug from the world and plug into something that's going to give me some some nourishment and um, and sit with that for a while and be OK with not you know, knowing what's on the shade room or knowing what's going on in the world. Um, it's not that important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Mental health is, um, is, a it's a subject that's dear to me because, uh, I have struggled with mental health. um, I have struggled with anxiety and depression before, uh, in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe that those battles are real. Um, no one else may be able to see what it is that you're going through or what you're feeling, but it's valid. And we live in a world that's, um, kind of, I believe, you know, just kind of cut down the middle with mental health. It's either they respect it or they don't. Um, and, uh, you know, so for me, I think it's incredibly important to when you're feeling overwhelmed to, you know, when you have to reset, um, when you need to get something off your shoulders. I mean, it's, it's so important to find your outlet and your release. I got really lucky because music is a release for me a lot of times. So, you know, creating music, um, especially with this album that I have coming out. Um, I was very open and transparent and honest about some emotional shit that I went through. And, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think that being cognizant of when you need to take those breaks, uh, like Tri said, when you need to take you, you know, some you time, it is extremely important. And I encourage that anybody that feels that way to not let anyone diminish that. Um, in regards to self-care, again, it's, it's you know, one, you know, goes with the other. Um, you know, in order to have control of a positive mental health, you need to take some time for self-care. And everybody's version of self-care is, is different, you know. Um, 
but um you know music has been a big outlet for me um you know to create and to get some things off of me um there's something empowering to me when you can come out and just be honest um about how you're feeling you know through song um that's something that i take very seriously uh especially as someone who writes um you know i i write on my own music so it's it's you know it's it's as real as it gets so you know, I encourage anybody who's going through any mental health issues, even if you think that you are like, you know, and you don't know for sure. I, I recommend that anyone, you know, try to go to someone they trust, um, you know, talk to, you know, whoever you need to talk to, um, because it's a real thing, um, you know, and we should be respectful of that. You guys talked about your music videos going to be released um, next month and your album in in January. If someone's interested in making purchases, what would they need to do? Or are you doing pre-sales or how does that work? Um, yeah, so we got we have a pre-sale, uh, pre-save link that usually goes up on our um, social media accounts, you know, before the song actually comes out. Um, uh, you know, the album comes out in January, it's called Ambition. Um, and yeah, we will have, uh, you know, we've had, we have two videos that are out right now. There's uh, one video is called All Good, um, which is a lot of fun. It's very West West, um, you know, and, uh, gets us a chance to get us out in our own city. And, um, <clears throat> you know, then we have a uh, Cold Day in Hell, which is a song that we dropped last month. Um, and that one was shot in actually in Harlem, New York. So on the complete opposite side of the country. Um, and uh, yeah, those are the two songs that are running right now. We got a song that drops every month until January and January, the album ambition comes out and we're, we're really excited about, you know, about getting some feedback on, on the project. We think it's really strong and we can't wait. To Absolutely. And we do have a previous album out called The Combine, so you can go on all your streaming platforms and go. What is your zone of genius? Um, hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think my zone of genius is vision. Um, I can really see things way before they actually come to fruition. And I'm really good at setting pathways for execution. Um, so I would say that's my my genius. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that for me, I think that my my vision of genius is that um, you know that I'm I'm an empath. Um, that I'm somebody who can feel things my my gut has has never been wrong i i've gone against my gut on some things and then you know um i've paid the price for that but um i think my ability to connect with people um my ability to uh to network and create bridges um between people um that's really my gift you know i i you know i believe that i can connect any two people and um you know, that's something that I've always believed in, believed in myself. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard that from other people who, you know, have me represent them on their behalf because, you know, 
they know my ability to connect with people. So that's, I guess, what I would say is my my zone of genius. And what is your weakness as an entrepreneur? Uh, that exact same thing. Um, it's that exact same thing. It's the, uh, the being able to, um, you know, connect with people. Also, you know, there are times where, uh, you know, those people can disappoint you or those people can, um, you know, can come back to, to cause you some grief. Um, you know, I, I live in a, in a space where I like to give people an opportunity to fix something that they might, might've done wrong. But that also means that I'm keeping the door open for myself to be, you know, in receipt of negative consequences because of that decision. So, um, you know, I think my strength is also my weakness. I, uh, believe it's benefited me more than it hasn't. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really funny how, you know, that can be the same answer. Um, but yeah, I for me, my, my weakness is patience. I lack patience and I also don't have the empathy that EQ has a lot of times. Um, as soon as I feel like someone is not as dedicated to something as I am, I usually cut bait. And sometimes I do that prematurely. And that's where the patience part comes in. EQ is way better at that than I am. So that's my weakness with business. And, and you know, EQ, something my husband said when you were saying that your strength is your weakness, it's like um, the same thing that make you laugh can make you cry. Absolutely. That's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment because I I have been in those moments. And like I just have it stacked up against me when it comes to my emotions. I mean, I'm I'm an R&B singer-songwriter who's like an empath and feels everything and I'm a Pisces. So it's like I just got all of that well whatever your reason being for my my emotional pinwheel, like you know, that's that's just uh it's it's stacked up against me, but but I I look at it as a as a strength. Like it's a beautiful thing to be able to make your or like not even make yourself that way. Just to be able to feel vulnerable is such a beautiful thing, and I feel like people take that as a weakness, and for me, I take it as a strength. Um, you know, it means I feel something, and I love that. I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. If you conducted this interview, what is the one question that you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. Hmm. That's a good question. Try it. You have. <laughs> I'm thinking that's a great question. Um, yeah, I guess I would have asked. Um, um, I would have asked about ambition just because that's the album, you know, the name of our album and, you know, kind of what our perspective is on ambition. And to answer that, um, and EQ's heard me say this a trillion times, but I just don't feel like ambition is a learned behavior. I feel like it's something that you're born with or it's something that you're not born with. And the dopest um, quote I've ever heard in my Appreciate it. Um, yeah. And, and so. <laughs> I ambition guess. is not a learned behavior. Like that's got to be scribbled like somewhere in Greece on like a ta like a stone tablet or something. Like ambition, write it on write it on my casket. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> bet. But yeah, you know, I just feel I don't I don't look to like one thing that I feel like in life you can't do is you can't make someone 
attracted to something. You can't make someone like something. You can't make someone feel any sort of way about anything. Um, And I don't look for that in people. I look for people that are naturally driven and naturally ambitious. Um, Those are the people that I tend to get along with the best. Those are the people that I can work with the best. Those are the people that I find that work for me the best as well. If you are lazy or you are a slow starter or you don't have drive, me and you are going to end up being enemies at some point. Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, You know, for me, I guess I hate to go back to like what's um, what's like the easy answer. But for me, just because I've gotten this so many times, you know, I would have expected to be asked about what it was like growing up with Denise Williams um, being my mom. Um, And I would have said that um she was an amazing she's an amazing teacher um you know it's uh it's not being a being a child of somebody who's um revered in that level on you know within her own generation of of music and then being in music myself um you know <laughs> it was it was uh it was crazy I mean, like I said, I, she was a great teacher. She was one of the first uh, people to talk to, like, Stevie Wonder and, um, you know, Ray Parker and all these guys, like, about, you know, owning your own uh, publishing and your masters and, you know, got all these crazy, amazing stories of, you know, these, um, you know, these acts from from her era, Earth, Wind and & Fire. And, you know, again, mentioned Stevie, um, you know, the Jacksons, all these people. And, um, you know, I was extremely blessed to be put in that situation, but I was not like overly spoiled. Like, yeah, I was blessed. My, my mom took care of me and my brothers, but, um, you know, she definitely taught me the value of a dollar too, because, um, you know, again, she came from Gary, uh, which is a really, uh, poverty city in Indiana. Um, and, uh, you know, um, like I said, it was, it was, uh, it was everything you think it was and nothing you think it was at the same time. Absolutely. We've come to the part of our interview. It's called Fun Facts Lightning Round. I'm going to ask you very quick questions, and I want you to give me very fast answers. And if there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Your first job? Say that one more time. I'm sorry about that. Your first job? First job ever? Wow. First job ever was I was a host at TGI Fridays at 15 years old. Um, That was my first ever like full-time or full-time like job job um, that I had. (laughs) And I quickly found out that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life doing that. But that was my my very first job as a sophomore in high school. Um, Crazy. 2004, 2003. Try. I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? You were cutting in and out. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the fun facts lightning round. And I'm going to ask you some very quick questions. And I want you to give me very quick answers. If there's something Uh, you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. So you're. All right, let's go. I'm ready. 
Your first job. Carl's Jr. Yep, TGI Fridays. The last movie you saw. I'm sorry, say what the you last, the last movie? movie. The last movie you saw. Um damn, I'm terrible at names. I'm looking it up. It's the black western that has Idris Elba in it. Was was on Netflix. The Harder They Fall? Yeah, you that's, the, that's the last movie I watched. Okay. Uh Goodfellas. Your favorite singer or rapper? Um static Black Thought. Static black Thought Static Major. Your favorite dance song? Um, outstanding. Oh, you talking about that kind of dance? I'm gonna go with uh, to the window, to the wall. <laughs> I'm gonna go that way. I'm gonna go a little down. <laughs> Your favorite color? Green. Black. What food you eat every week, no matter what? Thai food. Um, salads. Your favorite month? March. November. <laughs> Workout or hit the couch? Workout. Workout. For sure. Yeah. Okay, the combined. Thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience <laughs> Podcast. Before we let you go, we want you to leave all your social media handles and let our audience know the best way that they can connect with you and to do business with you and support your music and your business. Yes. Um, I think you can get everything on wearethecombine.com. And all of our socials are The Combine versus Everybody. Um, so you can find us there. You can find all of our individual links there. Um, and then through that, you'll find our businesses as well. But our businesses are... They're they're public facing. So if you're in Las Vegas and you you know you stop by Culture Coffee, you can just pull up. I'm open from six a.m. to five or no five a.m. to six p.m. every day. Um, and then Kicks and Cuts is open from nine a.m. to six p.m. every day. So thank you. All That's right. a wrap. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right.